This is a screen grab from a Today program producer from a while back, which I think is really interesting and goes some way to dispelling myths that exist, especially in academia, that as journalists we're only interested in a very narrow section of academics and experts, and we always want the same old, usually white, middle-aged men to come on our programs. The reality is really very different, and top-down, bottom-up, there is a massive drive across the broadcast network to bring in new voices into our programs. I have to say at the moment, especially women, which is an attempt rightly to kind of redress the historic imbalance that there's been in terms of the sort of experts that we get on air. So there are real opportunities. And as journalists, what we're doing is using Twitter to try and find journalists, uh, to try and find experts like yourself. And this goes out to prove that. Um, next slide, please. So here are a few things I think you can do to use Twitter to make contact with journalists. First up, think about the direct approach. Think about a program you really want to appear on, be it Woman's Hour, Five Live Breakfast, Sky News. Just have a little think about a program you would love to appear on. Perhaps fits into an agenda of yours. Let's say, first example, thanks, Fiona. BBC Radio Leeds, for whatever reason, there's a West Yorkshire story. Just try typing in BBC producer Radio Leeds Twitter. Thanks, Fiona. This is what comes up. And again, if you click to see who it is, there he is. I think he's called Ginger Wizard. Suddenly you have a Twitter username for a producer. Why is this important? Because Ginger Wizard, is that what it is? I can't see him from there. Is that what he's called? Ginger Wizard doesn't want to answer the phone. When your phones ring in newsrooms, nobody ever wants to answer it because it's usually a PR firm or someone trying to flog you something or flog some story you're not interested in. Similarly, emails. Probably get 300 emails across the course of a shift. Stuff gets missed. Journalists just get added to PR user lists. You get absolutely bombarded by stuff. And it just so happens that at the moment, Twitter is a really good way of getting our attention. Now, that might change. Suddenly, everybody might realize that Twitter's the way to get hold of producers. But at the minute, it just happens to be the best way. So already, you've decided you want to go on Radio Leeds. There's old Ginger Wizard. You've got his Twitter username. Job done. Um, let's try another one. Sky News producer Twitter. And there, second down, you see Zoe Skyprod. And if you click on that, um, you get her details on Twitter. And look at that as an invitation for stories. You cannot be more explicit than that. So think about the direct approach. Use Twitter to think about the direct approach of the specific producer you want to get hold of. Do not tweet Evan Davis because a thousand other people are doing that. Do not tweet Jane Garvey or Jenny Murray or Adam Bolton or whoever it might be, because that's what everybody else is doing. Tweet the producers. They're the ones who fix these blooming programs. They're the ones who only a couple of people will tweet a day. They're the ones who's, who will actually notice what you're saying. So what we've got so far, whether it's Radio Leeds or it's Sky News, is, an, is a name. What do you do next? So direct approach perfectly timed. 
want to show you this. This is an empty news grid. This strikes fear into the hearts of producers who've got a few hours to fill a program together because it just looks a nightmare. You want to tweet me when I'm looking at this. Not that, which is what we call TX ready, broadcast ready, ready to go. You could tweet me with the best story in the world, to be honest with you. I'm kind of done. I'm not bothered. So just going back to the other one, that's the time you need to get hold of me. Now, when is a producer looking at that sort of screen? There is no hard and fast rule, but these are the windows which I think might be quite useful. Actually, so these are the windows which I think are quite useful. Breakfast, what does, what does breakfast say? The afternoon before. So breakfast programs, generally, they're looking at an empty news grid about half past two, three o'clock the afternoon before the program goes to air. What else have we got? Mid-morning, when's that from? About seven o'clock, six o'clock? That's when people are starting to look at a, an empty news grid. And to be honest, any program from that point on, they're kind of thinking about 7 o'clock in the morning. Someone told me the other day that Newsnight's editorial meeting is at 8.30 in the morning. That is 14 hours before that program goes to air, which I think is incredible. I mean, obviously, their the running order is going to change, but they are getting things set into the running order a good 14 hours before they go to air. So really any program, Drive or PM or whatever it might be that you want, go from about 7 o'clock that morning. So we've got the first direct approach perfectly timed. Next up, with a hook. What do you actually say to these producers in the tweets that you send them? Here's an example. Um, so that's what we said for Zoe goes back to the modern slavery stuff I think you were talking about in the session beforehand. It's pithy, gives all the information you need, gives a hook for it to be interested, and some contact numbers for you for, to follow up. Also, just never forget the importance of a local connection. If there is, for whatever reason, some perspective to your story which is regional, or indeed just the regional media around the university or the institution that you work. They are always interested. I remember working for commercial radio, I first started in commercial radio, and we have a, a sort of quota of local stories that we have to cover. You know, we have to make sure in order to maintain our license that there is a certain percentage of local stories. So we will desperately try and find a local angle. I mean, I was going into Leeds and doing vox pox of Leeds shoppers to find out what they thought about Iran's nuclear policy. <laughs> Not a lot is the answer, but it was a box tick for me. That's a local news story. So if you as a local academic, you tick our box in order to keep our licenses or to keep whatever we need. So always think about the regional angle as well. So we've got the direct approach perfectly timed with a hook. Thank you, Fiona. That, I think, is just, in a nutshell, all I really wanted to give you. I think you can totally overload people with, all sort, with, with different advice when it comes to social media. But basically, that's what I think you should try and do. It doesn't take a huge amount of time, because you've got a million other things to do as well. But I really think that, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is that the press release goes out and they think that that's all they can do. And I'm a massive fan of exclusivity. 
And I think people think exclusives only count for busty tabloid exposés. But exclusives come in all sorts of forms. And you can use social media to alert a producer like me that you have a bit of research, you have a historical perspective linked to something in the news, and we've got it and nobody else has. It absolutely lights up all my buttons, if that's the right phrase. I think I've mixed things up then. Um, it presses all my buttons and lights up all the other things. Um, it's really, really, really crucial. And Twitter is, at the minute, probably the best way out of anything to get my attention. <laughs>